Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Hey, my lovely friends. Welcome back to another episode here. I'm Suzanne. This is Latte and Laundry. And if you've been following along with us here um, this Lent, then you know that we are walking through a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, one that I am intimately journeying through myself, and that is the idea of healing our wounds. And we've we've met with um, a few a few of my friends, a few people who have helped us journey through um, the different ways in which we can love others through and amidst our wounded hearts. And this week, I want to talk about something that's kind of really important, important, (laughs) important. Um, And it's actually been something that I've had to really pay close attention to myself through my healing journey. And um, I will dive into a bit more, but I want to open us up with our Bible verse today. Um, And it's a little lengthy, so bear with me. Um, And you'll all know this infamous Bible story, which is eight Luke eight forty three through forty eight, which says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you, but Jesus said. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Then the woman, seeing that she could go not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Okay, you guys. I want to first start us off by talking about a really um, simplified look at how healing occurs, how wounds are healed. And when we think about it from the physical perspective, it's a really, it's often a very linear process by way, by which wounds are healed. And from the emotional, psychological, spiritual sense Wounds are not healed linearly. linearly. <laughs> um, as my dear, dear friend Beth, who you've all heard on this podcast, on this series, often tells me healing is not a linear process. It's often up and down and all around in ways in which we meet Jesus and we allow him to come into these broken places and then something triggers us. He gives us an opportunity to look at things painfully in the eyes again and that can feel like we're going down and then the restoration and the healing of it is back up. But it doesn't work as um, linearly as physical wounds. But I want to go over the simple linear process of wound healing 
from the physical perspective. And if you think about it, if you get a small cut, you may clean it out or cover it with like a bandage and and move on with your life. Yet often under the bandage, or I guess if it's small enough for for a lot of us, um, when it's left open to the open air, the body actually orchestrates a complex cascade of events that are designed and put together to heal these wounds, whether it's big or small. There's like a number of processes that are happening under the surface. And John Hopkins Medicine talks about the four stages of the healing process. One of the first steps that um, happens in wound healing is to stop the bleeding, right? So when your skin is cut or, or scraped or punctured, you usually start to bleed. But what happens, and many many of us know this on our own um, from our own experiences, that one what happens within minutes or even seconds, depending on how small the cut is, blood cells actually start to clump together and clot to protect the wound from further blood loss. And we might have experienced this ourselves um, with family members who might have had big cuts or scrapes or our little kids that come to us with a little scratch and or a big, a, unfortunately, a big. Um, scrape or puncture and we need to stop the bleeding whether it's with a cloth or whatnot but one of the first processes to healing any wound is to stop the bleeding and when especially when our our wounds are small enough on the body this happens naturally and we don't necessarily have to interfere with what is going on with our body in order to to stop the bleeding but a lot of times um (laughs) I'll tell you guys a really funny story. I hope my husband's not too embarrassed about this. That one time during one of our winter storms that we had, it was crazy. It was one of the times where it was, I want to say it was almost like a nor'easter where um, there was gusting winds and power outages everywhere. And they were telling everybody to stay indoors, don't travel, don't go out or anything. And we were inside. My husband actually had come home from work. He owns a landscaping company. He had come home from work and the storm was getting crazy and we lost power. And in order to be the taking care of business hubby that he was, he ran out to his trailer to go get a gas can to fill up the gas in our generator to turn the bare essentials back on, like the fridge, etc. And as he went to do this, our driveway is pretty big. Our trailer is not, his, his landscaping trailer was not that far away, but he walked to the trailer. And as he was walking back, I almost could, I almost could imagine this from a bird's eye view watching this happen. He was walking back as a branch from a tree through the, from the storm fell on his head. And when I say fell on his head, it actually fell and, um, must have been coming down pretty fast. The branch um, fell and punctured his head to the point where it actually like was sticking out of the top of his head. <laughs> like the broken branch just pierced the top of his head and was there and he had to pull it out. And now the scalp for any of you that are not familiar is is pretty tight. The skin around the head is pretty tight. So it's very easy for um, bleeding to occur that can almost seem unstoppable. And I am not good, you guys. This is when weak area of mine. I am not good in panic situations. My husband who normally never calls out in distress because he's a very easygoing guy screamed Suzanne from the other room and I came running and could see um, blood coming out of his head pretty profusely. And it wasn't actually that major of an injury, but the blood in itself um, was having a s- trouble stopping. And I just remember all he wanted to do and wanted me to do was to help hold a cloth on his head because what was important was to stop the 
bleeding. It's comical now, but it wasn't comical at the time. Um, he went and found, later he found the branch in our yard and I was horrified to see the the magnitude of how big this branch actually was that had been sticking in his head that he had to pull out. Um, so anyways, I digress. But one of the first things we all know that we do is stop the bleeding. And when it comes to our own wounds, our emotional, our spiritual, our psychological wounds, it is so critical if we are going to journey in this process of healing that we stop the bleeding, my friends. And what does that look like? What does stopping the bleeding look like? There's a couple things, and I'm sure there's a number of things. I do not I do not pretend to be a wound expert or a healing expert, but I do know from my own experiences some of the things that have been beneficial and really important and vital in my healing journey. And a couple of the things that work to stop the bleeding are first, forgiveness. One of the ways in which we continue to wound ourselves is by a lack of forgiveness in our souls. And now, you guys, this is a really tough one. I know in myself, some of the injuries I've experienced from loved ones and from family members whose job was to be an instrument of Christ's love in my life, who have gravely wounded me in ways that have bled into my own wifehood and motherhood. It is very hard to lean into the forgiveness that I know I must enter into. And now this doesn't mean that whoever injured you, whether you injured yourself or you injured somebody else or someone injured you, it doesn't matter that whether or not that person is asking for forgiveness. What is critical and essential is that through the grace of God, through prayer and through contemplation, through confession, maybe with a spiritual director or a therapist, that we can move towards forgiveness. A lack of forgiveness in our heart is one way that the enemy has really got his claws deep within us and that he's holding on tightly because there's a level of darkness that surrounds us and surrounds certain encounters and interactions with people when we are our souls are disturbed in anger and resentment and a lack of forgiveness i don't pretend to i don't want to pretend that that's an easy um component of this healing journey in fact it's huge I just know from my own experience that the more I am grappling with a lack of forgiveness and an anger and resentment, I'm unable to fully process the ways in which I've been wounded and to allow Jesus to come into these places and help heal them. Another area that I wanted to touch on really quick that's also been super um, beneficial for my own healing journey is boundaries. Okay, you guys, that could be a podcast episode in and of itself. And maybe I will do that one episode and have somebody come in who could speak to it more eloquently and beautifully than I can. But I know, and I don't know if any of my other listeners experience a similar thing, but I know that for a while, the idea of the even the word boundaries was extremely difficult for me because the good Christian girl inside of me screaming, no, I can't put up any boundaries because that is un, 
Christian-like or unloving, that does not show God's mercy and his graces if I put up any sort of boundaries. And yet I have really journeyed deep into the healing um, process and I have wildly learned how important and critical boundaries are, especially with regards to stopping the bleeding. And I will say on here, one of the things that Dr. Bob had once talked to me about when I was first in the the beginning stages of of my healing journey, and I was constantly being re-wounded. The wounds that you guys are so fresh, especially as you're intentionally looking at them, the wounds that are fresh and on the surface and painful to look at, they are vulnerable, fleshy-like, and susceptible to more infection, more wounding in greater ways. And in order for them to be healed, we must keep at bay anything that has the possibility of re-wounding or infecting them. And that doesn't mean you cut off everybody in your life that has ever wounded you. No, because we are all broken, frail, and um, and sinful people. And if that was the case, we'd have boundaries. We would have. We would not engage with anybody. But one of the things that Dr. Bob had talked to me about when I came crying to him, quite honestly, about this fear of putting up boundaries with some important people in my life that were continuing to wound me in ways that was really impacting my motherhood and my wifehood, where my my boundaries, where my, my vocation now was leading me to, my husband and my children. He was so beautiful in helping me understand what boundaries with these other people um, was doing. He's, he, and I will try to rearticulate it here. But he expressed to me that boundaries, we need to be careful to not think of boundaries as a way of cutting off certain people from our lives. Because you're right, if that's the goal, then it is not Christian-like. That is not emulating the heart of Christ. But instead, boundaries with people that wound you or poke at these places that are unhealed and need restoration and redeeming, putting up boundaries is actually um, providing a dignity and and honoring the dignity of our own person. You're honoring your own dignity when you say, no, I will not let you wound me in this way. And in the same sense, for our hearts that cry and thinking we could possibly put up a boundary like that with anybody that we care for or love, we must remember also that putting up a boundary can also honor the other person because it honors them by not allowing them to sin against us. It allows, gives them the space to really honor, honor the dignity of that person as well. And then, and this, like I said, this could be a whole episode because what do boundaries look like? It does not mean always cutting off relation with that person. It doesn't look like, um, it doesn't look the same at all times with that person. It can go through seasons depending on your own healing journey and what you discover through prayer with our Lord and maybe a therapist, etc. But boundaries are critical if we are going to stop the bleeding. And if we're able to stop the bleeding our wounds scab up a little, right? Like this is what we see happening on the body of just a little scab 
um, covering up to protect the wound as it's continuing to heal. So stopping the bleeding is super critical. The next thing that John Hopkins Medicine talks about is the next stage of healing is inflammation. Once the wound is actually closed with a clot, the blood vessels can open up a bit to allow fresh nutrients and oxygen into the wound for healing. This type of oxygen, this blood-borne oxygen is essential for healing, right? You guys, in our hearts, in our souls that have experienced trauma, um, massive wounding events, small broken things in our relationships, Jesus himself is this new blood, this blood-borne oxygen that is essential for our healing, right? He is sending, he is what is being sent deep into these wounded places to repair us. Quite frankly, you guys, he is literally, he's, he talks about this, that he is the new blood. His blood is the new covenant that has been shed for our sins. And he pours himself out so he may redeem us in our wounded places, the places that we have been broken from our own sins and the sins of others. He intends to be this blood. He intends to come into these wounded places and heal us. So the first thing we need to do is to stop the bleeding and then allow Jesus to come in to be this oxygen-rich blood that is coming to heal our wounds, right? And in this process of inflammation, a white blood cell actually comes in and takes on the role of wound protector. This cell fights infection and oversees the repair process. You guys, this is God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Christ himself, the Trinity who wants to come be part of this healing journey. They are the wound protector here to oversee, fight infection, and oversee the repair process. Okay, the next step in healing wounds that John Hopkins talks about is growth and rebuilding. Okay, oxygen-rich red blood cells arrive to help build all of the new tissue that our bodies need. And then chemical signals instruct cells to create collagen that serve as actually a type of scaffolding in other tissues to begin the repairing process. Okay, you guys, through the wounds that have been made, that we've experienced, that we've been part of, massive destruction has happened and taken place within our souls. And opening a foothold, and oftentimes, to be honest, a stronghold of the enemy's lies have made a mark, a stamping on the depths of our souls, where we believe untruth. We believe lies of who we are. We, we, we struggle in resting on our truest identity. Instead, we have believed lies of our unworthiness, of our shame, of our littleness, And we have lived out of these wounded places, oftentimes for years and generations, that impacts the kind of woman that we are, the wife that we are, the mama that we are. Whether it's we living in places of fear and so we take on so much control because our our lack of trust from the wounds of fear that we've experienced. Or our abandonment makes it so that we don't trust people in our lives because we have been abandoned in places we were never meant to be abandoned. 
And here in this process of rebuilding and strengthening, God wants to infuse us with the foundations of who we are. Growing roots of our identity are so critical. Rebuilding all of this in our hearts so that we first and foremost know our identity and the strength of God's goodness. We are beloved daughters of Christ. We are not the makeup of our sins. And instead, we are beloved children of Christ. And we, and when we have not yet looked at these places of woundedness, we may not realize how much these broken places in our own hearts have wildly impacted our own relationship with Christ. Because people who were called to be instruments of God's love in our life, whether it's our parents, siblings, grandparents, um, uh, coaches, um, youth leaders, teachers, these people who have been in our lives, who God had called to be an instrument of his love in shepherding us towards him. Those may have been broken, fractured, ugly, messy in ways that might have impacted our trust And so this is a part in our healing journey where God is doing all he can if we are open and receptive to it for all that scaffolding, all that rebuilding to set his truth down, right? And the third, the last step that John Hopkins Medicine talks about and that is critical to the healing um, of wounds is strengthening. Over time, the new tissue gets strong, right? So the growth and rebuilding that we saw last time often will show up as what what we're used to seeing, which is scars, right? The dead often started out red and eventually died, but now strengthening. This new tissue actually gets stronger. We might actually even notice like stretching or itching and even puckered up of of the wound as it happens. And within three months, the wound is almost as strong as it is in repair as it was before the trauma. And the, you guys, this is so interesting. The entire healing process for something as small as a scrape might take a couple of years to complete. If our bodies, which do their own work on its own, typically, as long as we don't re-injure the spot or, or get in the way or don't tend to the minor things we might have to do for smaller wounds, it heals itself. How, how amazing is God? But that process may take a couple of years. It should be no surprise to us that the process of healing our souls, healing these places, these formative places that we may have been wounded might take very, very long. And we need to be okay with that, you guys, because there's beautiful things that happen along the way as we heal. Don't just think, okay, I'm, <laughs> if healing, Suzanne, if healing is going to take 2, 3, 5, 10, 15 years, then why do it? Because you guys, it may just be one of the most intimate invitations our Lord has for us to meet him in these broken places. I have journeyed more closely with Jesus through my crosses, through my wounds than I have in any other area of my life. And so I've talked about on here before, but honestly, you guys, I, it can be extremely painful to go through the healing journey, but at the same time, I've had some of the most profound, unearthly joy I've ever experienced with an intimacy with Christ in these places. So, um, 
what God wants to do in this last step, this strengthening. These truths, these new tissues must become strong. We must no longer believe the lies that the devil had so grasped onto our souls, but instead we must, when we are reintroduced to things that might trigger old wounds, we are now in a steady and strong state and have the resolve to fight against them and to rebuke the enemy and to stand in God's truth. And once we have gotten to the place of strengthening these places of woundedness, our scars will radiate a beauty unworthy of words. And I stumbled upon this quote that I thought was so beautiful. And I think the author is unknown, but if anybody knows the author, I'd love to hear it. And it says, true beauty emanates from a woman who boldly and unabashedly knows who she is in Christ. You guys, once we are firmly grounded in our identity of Christ and we live out of those truths and no longer out of the places of woundedness, we will radiate a beauty that could conquer the world. And so this is why I'm so on fire for healing. But I think one of the critical things that I wanted to really make the point of this episode of the podcast is that healing is not the end game. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Healing is not the end game. If the focus is on healing alone, the enemy could use that as a tool to have us grow in pride, vanity, and to focus very inwardly on ourselves and ourselves alone. But healing is not the end game. Healing is an avenue that Christ uses to draw us closer to him so that we may radiate his love and his beauty for the world. And if we go back to our opening Bible verse, right? Our opening Bible verse, which Christ heals the the hemorrhaging woman. What does he say to her at the end? He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. All right. So she had this profound faith and it healed her of her hemorrhaging. But he ends it by saying, go in peace. And the word peace is actually used 237 times in the Old Testament alone, right? And the Hebrew word translated as peace is shalom. And according to um, its original meaning, when the word shalom was used, it means completeness, soundness, making whole or complete. When God says, go in peace, she's healed now, right? Go out in your fullness, in your completeness. Go into the world. This is a calling on all of us. God desires to make us whole so that we can be intimately united to him and live out of our completeness and our fullness so that we may pour out his goodness for the world to see. And whether that means in a new radiated love and beauty for our husbands, for our children, for our sisters in Christ, for our coworkers, for the lady at the, at the coffee shop, for all, there is a desire 
on God's heart for us to be a living witness of his love. And for us to do that, going through the healing journey is one of the ways in which he desires to send us out in peace. All right, you guys. Um, I hope, I hope this, this episode blessed you. I hope, um, that the series on wounds has blessed you because I know going through it and walking through it and praying through it myself is really blessing my own, my own heart and my own soul. And I, I love getting the messages that I get from you guys. Um, because you're not alone. You're not alone in this place of woundedness. We all, every family, every relationship, every person has brokenness and woundedness that God can only be the divine physician for. And so I love hearing from all of you. I feel so blessed and honored to hear your intimate stories and how these these episodes have been blessing you. And um, yeah, I'd be so I'd be so honored to continue to hear from from my fellow friends and listeners here. And and thank you for honoring me with your stories and in, in your your own hearts. And and if these episodes have blessed you, I would be so so honored and blessed. Honestly, if you took a few seconds out of your day to to rate it, leave leave us a review, share with a friend so that we can all be on this journey of learning to still our souls in Christ as we shake and move about this world. So let me close this in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I praise you for your divine goodness. I praise you as the healer that you are, the restorer that you are. I, I pray that you, you bless all of my friends, my listeners here with knowing that you are our good God and that there's nothing too shameful, too big for you. You, you, I hope that you give everyone here the comfort of knowing that you desire so deeply desire to meet them in in these really hard and and painful places and that nothing is impossible with you restoration redemption healing are all possible in all circumstances through the grace and gift of you alone i ask that you you watch over all my mama and wife and sister friends here so that we can all learn to move towards healing to walk with you to scab up scar over and strengthen these places of woundedness so that we may have glorified wounds that will radiate and shine your goodness for everyone that we encounter Oh, our good Jesus, my own heart is so incredibly grateful for your goodness. And I pray that through our own, through everyone's own journey of healing, that they may experience and receive the profound goodness of your love. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, guys. You can see I get really emotional about this topic because I think it's so important. I apologize for the tears, but...
Um, yeah, I just think healing hearts is so critical, especially for us um, here that are are shepherding other souls in love, whether it's our spouses or our children or our dear friends, because it's only through the goodness and the glorifying of our own wounded places that we will be able to lead those that we love closer to our heavenly father's arms. All right, my friends, I, um, sorry for the emotional ending there, but I, as always treasure my time here with you guys. And I cannot wait to catch up with you guys next week. Have a good one. God bless. (laughs) 